0: Open is finished, the test cricket summer is over and finally footy draws near. After a summer celebrating an AFLW Premiership and trying to heal from the events of September 30th, it's time to go around again with hopes high that this might be the year of redemption. Today on the Raw Deal, we're going to look ahead at season 2024 with the Crystal Ball returning after a long, hard look at itself over the break, hoping to get its form line a little better for our 2024 predictions. We'll also look back on the summer break, share a bit of news about the plans for the podcast in the year ahead, and yes, we will talk in depth about what's going on with the Gabba, the big question that lingers over all things Brisbane lines at the moment. Uh, welcome to the Raw Deal podcast. My name is Dom Faye. Mike Whiting joins me as always, and uh. Mike, we've had a good circuit breaker, but we're back. G'day, Dom. Yep, we're back. 2024.
1: Oh, so I just good. Uh, came in here t- 10 minutes ago before we started recording and said, it feels like I've had a long break from work. It doesn't feel so long since I've walked up the hill on your street to get to the yeah. the humble Raw Deal studio. But great to be back. a
0: good thing, a bad thing? Does that make it sound like you don't like being here? It's, no, it, it just made, like it, made it feel like home. Oh, okay.
1: It made nice. it feel like home. The Raw Deal studio, seeing the on-air light in front of me, a glass of water that I didn't spill this time. <laughs> Twelve months ago, I spilled a glass of water in our first episode all over your lovely <laughs> setup up uh, here. And yep. it's, but we're back, and I'm really looking forward to it. I've had a, a great break, and I know you have, which I can't wait to hear about. Yes. So it's been a terrific time off but yeah we're ready to go again lots lots happening this year
0: lots of journos leave generally journalism one day and and become PR spin people right what you just did turning that it feels like (laughs) I haven't been here in a few weeks or whatever turning that into feels like home that was spin at its best that was pretty good wasn't it I was impressed
1: with that yeah Yeah, because I did walk in here a sweaty clam clammy mess whinging about the weather <laughs> but I quickly spun it into a positive. So yeah,
0: maybe that's what this could be a new segment this year. I throw you a story happening in the competition and you try to spin it. <laughs> that could be fun.
1: <laughs> uh, for people that listen to the sounding board, I'm no Craig Hutchison. Oh, I'm, that's right. I'm that's no his spin thing, city. <laughs> that's his thing. <laughs>
0: He's worryingly good at it. Oh, I don't no. think I could trust being like close with him because I'd go, nah. I know how good you are. narratives. Yep. <laughs> <No, it is. laughs> anyway, look, uh, I think we should begin with uh, a welcome to new listeners who maybe jumped onto the podcast to, to join us for a new year. I want to give a particular welcome as well. Mike to some of our long-term listeners who I know because they've told me needed some time off the podcast after the men's grand final loss. I'd imagine after some time to heal, this is the logical jump. point. point. So welcome back. Yep. We can all erase what happened in September and October, focus on November and the AFLW in, but apart from that, we'll block the rest of the men's end out and let's get ready to go again. I think uh, we've got plenty to talk about on this episode. As I mentioned, Mike, um, I think it's maybe the most in-depth uh, crystal ball prediction of the year ahead you, it is. Find.
1: you did send me a lot of topics <laughs> but
0: I'll, I genuinely and
1: this is not spin I did spin a little bit earlier yeah yeah, yeah. It was good. It made it genuinely made me start thinking a bit more in depth about this season. I yeah, reckon okay. that'll be the case for a lot of our listeners too once we get yeah, to yeah. a few of our answers here.
0: Well, as we record at the moment, it is Monday, Jan 29, as we're recording right now. Um, so you'll get this in your feed if you're a Patreon immediately tonight, and, and if not, you'll get it tomorrow night. But we are less than six weeks from from yeah. round one, so it's rushed around. I mean, th- we said this when the, this early fixture dropped, this, this uh, March 8 game. But geez, it feels like it's going to be on us before we can we know it this time more than ever before.
1: Oh yeah, it's today is also my first day back at work. I basically took my all well, my annual leave in one hit. Worked up to Christmas, took the time off until now, and we had a news meeting this morning. We're like, there's preseason games in just over three weeks. Yeah, yes. Bang, we're right here. And yeah. then obviously it's preseason game, preseason game, round one or opening round, well, whatever on on March eight.
0: This is normally when you start to hear about intra clubs. Do we do we yeah. have any intra club word?
1: I don't have dates but i know that in previous years brisbane has done four yep maybe five four certainly i I think they're doing two this year maybe one so chris fagan's decided to just cut back because obviously previous years the club's certainly been in a building or a chemistry they've needed to build chemistry Mm. not so much this year i mean keep them fresh keep them fresh i mean they've they've had a very stable team, Well the, the core of it certainly for four or five years. So, mm. um, and obviously as deep as deep as you can go. Last year to grand final week, so or to to the grand final day. Mm. So, they probably need a little less match simulation they used to do four by. What they start with four by fifteen. Yeah, I think it was four, by, four by ten. By I think there was a four I mean, by that, ten. They and can then do small sided games that yeah. replicate that sort of stuff. So probably less pertinent this year. Tom okay. Duday coming in. Uh, you know, Will Ashcroft's side. Like neither still, of them are ready for an intro no, anyway. That, that's right. So it yeah, doesn't yeah. so it's probably less important than it has been. But so they're down to maybe two. Certainly okay. one, maybe two.
0: And they'd probably be Which kicking be soon. off Friday afternoons. <laughs> yeah. They love to do them generally. So generally. I don't think it's there's one coming this Friday. I don't
1: think there is. No, they're coming or well, as we speak, they're still on a, a four day break. They had a little, yeah. a little mini preseason camp on the Sunshine Coast and then had uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday tuesday tomorrow okay as, as we record off and then yeah so but yeah
0: we're three weeks well, it's incredible the-
1: three weeks away from a pre-season match which i p- mate personally <laughs> i love <laughs> it's great to just sort of roll well, in and
0: to be honest mike where it's more like um oh it is three weeks that's three, right three i'm touch. looking at this here yeah. i'm thinking if there's not one this friday there's only two more fridays yeah so the so 9th and the 16th. Yeah. So I'd be looking at those dates if you want to get yep. to an intra-club. So uh, we'll, we'll certainly update you when we hear more about mm. that and get the word we'll out. We'll try and get that for um, next week's episode. Yeah, that, that'd be that'd be wonderful. But before we get into all of our previewing of the year ahead, Mike, we, we both have had a good break and we should touch down a little bit on our holidays. You mentioned you've had one of the longest stretches off that you've yeah. had from the job. Yeah. Were you able to put footy completely out of your mind? Yeah, I did.
1: That was really my aim. And now my holiday, my time off, certainly not, as exciting externally <laughs> as yours is and I am I really don't want to talk about mine for too long I'm, I'm more interested in hearing about you but I did have 5 weeks off and I think it if it's not the longest stretch it's certainly I, I certainly haven't had a longer one that's for sure I really got away from footy I didn't do much to be honest I put my feet up I did as much running as my body could handle which I wish it could handle a bit more but the anyone that's been living in Brisbane or Southeast yeah. Queensland knows the humidity and The weather that we've had since Christmas has been really, really rough. So I haven't quite got as much running done as I would have liked, but I've loved being able to run early in the morning, walk the dog, come home, sit in the air con, relax. I went to the Sunshine Co. I went to Mooloola for a week with my dad. So my dad uh, lives about an hour west of Brisbane, a place called Lowood. I'm sure a few of our listeners will know where that is, but I don't get to see him too much through the year. So we've often posited a bit of time in January just – Bit of a boys' um, time away together. So we got to spend a, a whole week away. This time I, I um, booked an Airbnb in Maloolabar for a week, which I loved. It's time that I cherish not getting to see my dad sort of too regularly through the year. and
0: He seems like a character, your dad. From my, the, <laughs> my
1: dad is a character. <laughs> From the Facebook
0: yeah. posts he tags you in It'll pop up in my
1: feed. I reckon my dad's like the <laughs> classic. So my dad's 70.
0: Okay.
1: He's about to turn 71. Yep. Sort of just, dis- like just discovered Facebook six or eight years ago. <laughs> sure. He's somewhere that he wants the rest of the world to know. So he just puts up a random photo of a tree and says, you know, we're at this pub, or, or or we're at this cafe in Noosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved <laughs> not, it. Not a lot of context behind my dad's <laughs> post, but it gives me a good chuckle as well. I think he's uh, without psychoanalyzing what I think he's sort of half proud that he's away with his yeah, son and that we're sure, away sure spending on. time together, and he sort of wants people to know. So uh, we have, we have a great we've we've been up to the Sunshine Coast four or five Januarys in a row now. This is the longest amount of time together a week and we do our little country drive and have a lunch at the Kadanga pub and go to the Kenilworth bakery and we've got all these little things that are probably becoming traditions over the years which I loved so that was probably the highlight of my time away I got to catch up with a stack of friends that I only get to see once or twice through the year I'm sure yeah. people in all walks of life have those sort of friends where life just gets away from you yes from January to <laughs> December and, and I've still got a, a raft of good friends in from different circles and different walks of life but you just don't get to see them and it's no offense taken from either party but when you get a chance over christmas and new year you try and make the most of it and i get to catch up with a lot of people i don't see too often so mm. which was great i got to see went to the i went to the gabba as a spectator okay. which was great i went to a heat match which i haven't been to for about five years and absolutely loved it yep one of those mates i don't get to see too often i went with and loved it so yeah i had a really had a great. Break, Dom,
0: I yeah. mean, this is the first time you've been a spectator at the Gabbo. That's a rare it is. experience My, for you.
1: The mate that I walked in with, his his daughter works for the Heat. She's in the social media team, Taylor. And Taylor got us a couple of tickets. Or I got tickets for her dad and he yep. um, asked me along. And when we were walking in there, he said, mate, you wouldn't have been here as a spectator too often, would you? And I- <laughs> I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't remember because it's been about five years since I've been right. to a cricket match there. So,
0: so it was a bit weird to not just flash your pass and wander in, <laughs> just it, saunter in. It was a bit weird. Rob had my ticket. He sort of flashed. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm walking up the stairs into the, you
1: know, with the with the spectators and yeah, yeah. Oh, this is where my seat is. So, I, <laughs> I loved it. I honestly, loved it. Got to have a, mm. a beer and I'm not a big drinker by any stretch, but I got to have a beer or two with my mate and. Sit in the crowd, and we got to yap away like a couple of fans do, and mm. criticize the bowlers, and <laughs> you know tell the captain where the fielder should have been, and <laughs> like like most of the crowd was. But it was a great night, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably like to do that a bit more often. Actually, it was great mm. to. Um, the heat was. A, it was a good experience, actually. I hadn't been for yeah so many years and well, I had a great time.
0: And it's interesting you mentioned this. We might get it more in this as the weeks ahead unfold, but obviously Brisbane was the cursed sporting capital last year. Every Brisbane mm. team made a grand final yeah. and lost. <laughs> now the Brisbane Lions women and then the Brisbane Heat yeah. men. The, the, the redemption arc's underway. It's on the way, Brisbane's yeah. Brisbane's redeeming itself. It bodes because well.
1: both those teams had lost the previous year's finals. Right. Uh, they'd made the final the previous year and lost. And... I just can't get over the Brisbane heat. I know it's not a cricket podcast, but for so many years, I just used to watch them and roll my eyes and think, oh, classic heat, you know, losing six for 10 to <laughs> snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And mm. all of a sudden, they've turned into this competent cricket team and they're really good to watch. So, yeah, it was that was fun. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably the highlights of my break, Dom. But you. Yes. Oh, it was a good ha- trip. You've had an amazing trip.
0: Well, it give was us a, great.
1: A, it's going to be very hard for you to <laughs> probably – you don't have to give us a synopsis. I mean, I'm mm. intrigued to hear, and I've, I haven't i have asked you about this until this we're on air. the first time so. we've seen each other, yes, yeah, since, since – yep.
0: I've been back a couple of weeks. I think I flew in Monday, so, two so weeks ago.
1: Christmas Eve?
0: Yeah. So, Christmas Eve, I fly out to Canada. And spend four or five nights around Banff and this small town called Golden. Saw some bear prints in the snow. Apparently, they occasionally come out, I'm told, in winter in hibernation. So, that's a bit terrifying. But um, So,
1: you're solo doing this? Yes, yeah, so I was a solo. Not, l- not part of a tour by no, Banff just, or anything or a little tour group tr- nah. trekking around somewhere? Nah.
0: Hire a car, let me go. That's yep. how it works, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, it was kind of crazy. I mean, Canada, middle of winter. Oh. I, li- I mentioned, I think, last year on the show, I did last – That time of year, last year, I was in Iceland. Mm. So I seem to love going to very cold, uh, remote places at that time of year, but um, Canada was brilliant and then onto the US for a day, then over to London, Belfast, Switzerland, New York, back to New York uh florida georgia la and home so it was there was one stage i was in a different city every night for eight nights and i was a bit tired oh, at the end of that geez. i'll be honest but the whole thing was You're um, so much
1: younger than me i'm tired <laughs> just hearing that
0: <laughs> well look the whole thing to be honest was about uh it was about trying to uh see different people some who are friends some who are people i know around the world and and also meet some of sort of my my favorite authors and heroes who, uh, you know, I love the way they speak about what it is to be a human, what it is to be alive, and, um, and spend some time with them, record some podcasts with them for some other projects. And, uh, yeah, so I got to, got to see some very different parts of the world and um, taste some incredible gluten-free food in New York, which yeah. is amazing. New York is the gluten-free haven. I mean, it's the haven of everything really. But uh, yeah, so it was a it was an awesome trip and no jet lag on either side. So very lucky. Wow,
1: that's incredible. So yeah. where whereabouts did you stay in New York? What parts of New York did you – I mean, it sounds like you're everywhere. Bang, 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 bang. I don't know how much of New York you got to see. It sounds was my
0: like, longest stint. I think yep. it was four nights in New York. So I was in – uh, Times Square, pretty much in the same oh. Times Square. So, <laughs> That's how Dom decent. rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Just put me in Times Square, thanks. Well, middle of winter, it's not that expensive because it's not peak season, right? And so, so you,
1: what, you're through Christmas and New Year by the time you're back there. It's yeah. Your, so I, your, I, got, I think it was the fourth to the eighth of January. Yep.
0: I was in or maybe fifth to the fifth to the 9th, but um, got to see it snow in New York, snow in yep. Times Square, which was pretty special and. Got up to D.C., did a White House tour. Um, Saw that on your little socials. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it was good fun. It was good fun. So I uh, got to see Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter on a, <laughs> himself, on a, on, a, on stage in Broadway. So a lot of really wild and varied experiences. Any
1: um, any comedy in New York? Or you didn't uh, get a chance to see there any? There wasn't any a kids? lot on. Okay.
0: Um, so I did go to see Stephen Colbert live. And he's a bit of a hero. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. So yeah. I got Co- to see the late show right? with Stephen Colbert. Oh, it was awesome. First, his first one back for the year, and it's an election year in the U.S. I'll be careful yeah. what I say because I did throw out once that we wouldn't have any Trump supporters listening to this podcast, <laughs> and I did get a few <laughs> tweets. And everyone's welcome here. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't really get it, but you're welcome here anyway. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a big family, it's a big family dinner. Like yep. you wh- whoever you support, whatever your world is, as long as you love the lines, you're welcome at this table. Yep. <laughs> um and I'll try not to talk about politics because that might get weird. <laughs> so I'll be I will steer away from that, but um but he was very funny, obviously, Colbert at the start of a US election year talking about Trump. So and I did get to everywhere I went, Mike, and and some of our listeners might have done similarly when they traveled the world. I would explain the concept of Aussie rules football to people. It, it, would, it would come up naturally and a lot of them had never even heard of it. And I'd bring like a video off on my phone. and
1: watching- what, What's your go-to video, Dom, when you're trying to pitch, yeah. pitch Australian rules to someone that's never heard of it or seen it?
0: it look, it varies generally um, in terms of what I'll go to. It's always a Lions video. I, I need to show them something Lions related. And on this occasion, I, I was bringing up Charlie Cameron's goal montages.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good. That's I thought a good that's call. that's a yeah. fun
0: thing to watch, and uh, and as these people were watching it, it was like I could see in one particular person's eyes. It's like they didn't have the category to understand what yeah. they're looking at. They're like, this isn't like any other thing I've ever seen, and I I, I thought it was um, it was just one of those interesting moments because we are so in our part of the world, in our mindset of this is what footy is, and you travel a bit and you realize how small <laughs> and unthought about Australia is. And you also realise how small and unthought about Aussie rules is. So I <laughs> was kind of an interesting perspective giver there, I think. But yeah, it was it was an awesome trip. Mike I absolutely loved it. Um, loved every every last bit of it, really. And one thing I will say, which gets us back on topic here, is I, I was in Belfast for New Year's Eve. Um, Pete Rollins is a philosopher I love, and I met him and did a podcast with him. And I went to his New Year's party. But while I was in Belfast on New Year's, I remember just as I went New Year's, I messaged my Lions group chat on on Facebook. And said, "I reckon this is going to be a pretty good year for us all." And it was the first thought I reckon I had on New Year's Day. Yeah, really. Was was here we go. This is the year that I think we've been waiting for. And I don't want to give Did my predictions away, but what, that what triggered that? Do you reckon? Um, that's a really, really good question. Actually, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. I think it's just you get a bit reflective at the yeah. passing of a year and the entrance of a new year, and and I think it just hit me in that particular moment. What What is ahead this year? You know, what lies ahead? And obviously, each year throws so many surprises at you. You never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to mm. lose, what you're going to do for work. What Like like a New Year's, this blank slate, you have no idea what's coming, what what the surprises ahead are. So you just estimate to the best of your ability with what's the evidence you've got. And as I was estimating, the big highlight was, was I reckon we're going to be me and you, Mike, at the Royal Derby again in late September. <laughs> I hope you're right. With a few hundred I Lions really fans. Do. And a few days later, we'll be back at the Royal Derby at 2am watching the replay. So- <laughs> We'll get to all this a bit later on, but um, there is a sense of anticipation, dare I say expectation probably, coming into this season. Um, I know because Collingwood are the reigning premiers, they're the favourites in in the markets, but it seems to me there's a very strong argument that Brisbane should be the premiership favourites this year with the list, with the growth, with all these things. I think Phil Davis was on SCN recently and said Brisbane's best 22 this year when you bring Duda and Ashcroft in is the most star-studded lineup we've seen in the AFL for a while. That was his direct quote. Now, I, I hated that. Because yeah. generally those aren't the teams that are going to win the flag. No. But it is the the case is really, really, really strong now. Um and we've mentioned this before, but when you look at a team that that they say growth isn't linear, but when a team that has had this yeah. linear growth, after what happened last year, it just feels to me like this this might be Primed now, Mike. I don't think you could be more well placed. I'll put it that way.
1: No, I think that's right. I yeah. mean, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about this and expectation. That's the right word. But mm. the pieces are in place. I do worry a little bit about the depth. Some okay. of it's a, where there's a little bit of an underbelly we don't know a lot about because Brisbane's been so solid for so many years. I haven't had a reason to change the team over, and that's a topic for another day. But I haven't had a reason to make wholesale changes because they've mm. been winning. I mean, the the occasional injury like Will Ashcroft last year or you know there's been injuries that have popped up, Jack Payne, um you know guys have popped up with problems, but there hasn't we haven't had to see 35 players or 38, 39, 40 players used in a year. Mm. They've been so rock solid. So that's uh, that's a little question mark I'd have, but it's a good point. But Phil Davis is probably, I, I'm not going to go back and sort of litigate the past 10 years of premiers and look at their teams player for player, but Brisbane's got a pretty established The best 22 is as good as any in the comp. I think that's yep. fair to say.
0: And I think you raise raised a good point. I think almost every position on the list has one reserves player that you'd kind of back to, to step into it if needed. Yep. But maybe only one. Yep. And if you, needed, if you needed suddenly two key forwards or two key defenders or two midfielders, yeah, that's suddenly thing. you get a bit shakier.
1: You, are, are you safe? We don't have to discuss this now, but okay. I sort of look and think, uh, you kind of know what you're going to get out of about 28 or 30 players, mm. but there is 10 or 15 there where you're like, uh, well, we don't know what 10 of them will give and another five or six haven't quite proven themselves at senior level because they've only played a handful of games or whatever. So... That's just something to be wary of if there's a handful of injuries early. Yeah. Know, does does Brisbane have and they showed last year that there's a lot more resilience within that group because they were thrown not necessarily always injuries, but just situations with matches, the heartbreaking loss to Melbourne during the season and all these different little curveballs, the horrible loss against the Suns late in the year where everyone's saying, Oh my God, like they don't want it. They yeah. you know, they had all these little sort of curveballs within matches and and within the season that they answered every single time so we saw that resilience and I and I'm you know I would think they could do that if there's a few injuries this year as well they've, they've got a little bit of a sterner um, edge mm. to them I guess so the, from those previous year's experiences the losing preliminary finals losing semi-finals in heartbreaking fashion so yeah yeah it's all in front of us
0: but you're right like if Dev Robertson steps in last year if dev goes yep. down this year I mean you might be asking Jimmy Tunstall to do That's a right. role in a senior side. And, yep. and there's a few of these players we just don't play, like, We haven't seen I a think heap he's pretty good, but yeah. can he do it at senior level for 10 weeks in a right. row? Or... Right. We don't know. We'll wait and see on all of that. Um, but the best part about this time of year is it's all anticipation. It is. We aren't Hope. yet – ha- we're, we're not Excitement. yet seeing the tweets come through about fakes doesn't have the killer instinct whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, look, we all get it. Footy does emotional things to us. I'm not judging anyone. Yeah. We've all been a part of it before. Oh, mate.
1: This My basketball <laughs> team, the Golden State Warriors, I've been rocking in the fetal position for the last <laughs> – that's what I've done a lot in the last five or six weeks, Watch my favourite basketball team lose in heartbreaking fashion yeah, multiple okay. times a week. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, so get get the,
1: it. I get the passion totally. Yeah. it's are you at it's, sack
0: the coach levels yet? Nope. Okay. No. you holding strong. He command. does
1: have four championships. So it's a slight, it's, <laughs> it's sort of a bit like, you know, all the Richmond fans like wanting to sack Hardwick last year yeah. or whatever. And you're like, that's like the Warriors coach. It's like he's won championship. The guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, right? that, that's
0: <laughs> Richmond fans. That's true. Come, that's, on. Oh, no. Come on, Mike. Yeah. We're, we're like, we're, they're barely- us,
1: us Warriors fans are a much classier wow. breed
0: richmond fans are barely human if We're <laughs> honest. so let's let's leave them to. And we know none aside. of them are listening so well that's fine. where safe they're 20 minutes into a lions podcast they <laughs> yeah. have an allergic reaction by now um i actually was thinking you know they used to do i don't think they really do them in the same way anymore but they used to like every year every few years have a big sort of afl launch campaign video or yeah <laughs> i think back yeah. to i think it was 09 and it was the Dropkick murphy's i'm shipping up to boston that was right. the song. Yeah. And there was yeah, like yeah. these shots of footballers yeah. in different sports. I think Dan Merritt was like in a bull ring in Spain. Yes, or like that's, that. that's right. right. Yep. I think about those videos. I miss them. They don't yep. do them in the same- I know they'll occasionally do, I think the Hell Never- What was it? Don't Believe in Never was one at some point or-
1: That sounds about right. Something
0: like that. They do some things, but I feel like they used to launch land around now. Mm. And the hype, the anticipation was so good. And I miss them. I do miss it. Good them. point.
1: I hadn't thought about that. Put a
0: word in at AFL House. Yeah. Right?
1: yeah, I've got a lot of sway. <laughs> I think yep. you, I reckon yeah. you do. Yeah. I'll, g-
0: I'll give you a pitch. Here's this the it, shots of people waking up around the country on the morning of the first game of the season, and you have got like a goal umpire getting his flags out of the cupboard for the first time, and you know you got a field umpire like checking her whistle and making sure it still works. I can't Keep- believe you've gone straight to the umpires. <laughs> well, I'm just. But my point is, you show <laughs> you're very inclusive, team. aren't you? <laughs> I'm getting to the players. You start, you start yeah, there. Yeah. Then there's a kid getting a footy under the bed for the, dusting the cobwebs off. There's
1: thought you're going to wake up with Lockie near with a brown low around his neck or something. I like, and like that. Well,
0: what about see this? See if I can win a two in a row. And then at the end, Charlie Cameron gets a John Denver CD out. You know, takes that, puts it in a CD player. It's an old reference, but you need a physical resemblance yeah, of it. You do. And and, it, and then yeah. it like pans out with all these people walking to the stadium again. <laughs> Just some sort of here we go again. Some sort of we're back. Because I think that's. I, I remember being a diehard footy fan from when I was in about mid-high school and around this time of year when you're a few days out from it all kicking off again, mm. that sense of joy, of anticipation. Oh, yeah. of yeah, of hanging back. for that first oh, match. You oh. hanging. And like by quarter time of, of the first game, you, you're back in it and yep. we're all off and going again. It's going to be weird this year with the way that the split ran. We're so used to Richmond Carlton. Mm, we are. That that's going to be
1: interesting. The f- first weekend's games are Unreal. The the four games are rippers.
0: I'm half tempted to get a ticket to Gold Coast Richmond.
1: Yeah, it'll be a beauty to be honest
0: but yeah. anyway we might talk about that later yeah. i just i think i love the anticipation at this like of year. so yeah. speaking of the anticipation mike a few uh announcements about the podcast this year ahead so if you are a new listener to, the, to listener to the raw deal this is going to be in your feed weekly um we started on like 45 minutes really it's an hour and a half these yeah. days <laughs> let's be honest um, how far in um, are we
1: this already? uh 25 <laughs> 25 I minutes we haven't please. even started talking <laughs> footy but yeah
0: um but basically you'll get this if, if you sign up to patreon as one of our patreon support you can sign up as a $5 a month member, which gets you early access and supports us, or $10 a month, and that gets you into the Facebook group as well, where we'll be doing our team selection videos again this year, which were always a, a treat for a while, turned into where are Dom and Mike in the world? <laughs> I know. You're in a hotel room in joy, Sydney, yep. I'm in a car in Rabina picking up takeaway. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah, yep. They are great fun. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you get the podcast on a monday about midnight, maybe one a.m. Tuesday. Everyone else will get it Tuesday evening at about six or seven p.m. Um, and we'll be weekly pretty much from here yeah. through till December. Uh, so off we go. See what happens from here. We might have to do an episode or two with me or you away, or mm. but they're always good fun. Um, yep. I've actually got a New Zealand trip booked again this year, Mike. Oh, which, back to New Zealand! Yeah, middle yeah. of the year job again. Yep. So I'm actually taking a bunch of school students over. It's like the Uluru thing I did last year. Oh, yeah. Doing a New Zealand version this year, sort of nature or wonder, see what happens. Um, and so we'll, we'll we'll have to do one of those while I'm away. We'll figure that out when we get closer. But uh, the other thing is to mention that um, we, if you are someone who signs up as a Patreon supporter, you'll get first access to raw deal events we're going to be putting on. Mm. And we're in conversations already. There's a few in the
1: pipeline, Dom. There's a few. And
0: and all I'll say for now is a watch party, possibly, Mm. for April 11, Lions-Demons. It's a Thursday night. Keep that free. And I'm just gonna say Thursday, February the fifteenth, in the evening, it wouldn't hurt
1: to keep it free. Just keep it free. Just
0: keep it free. And we'll have news hopefully on that next week. We
1: haven't got it nailed in, but no. we're something's in the in the works.
0: And it's going to be the uh, it's gonna be the Patreons who will get first dibs at tickets to yep. things like that. So patreon.com slash the raw deal is where you'll find us, and you can sign up to support us uh, if you have the capacity to do that. But obviously, no expectation or obligation. These are tough financial topics. Times, Mike, and God, are they what? <laughs> we are so grateful for every little bit that people are able to do to help this podcast go um apart from that uh I, I think before we get into our predictions for the year ahead we should touch on the shocking and sad news that that did come out of the club just last week about the passing of nicole duncan um the club's 31 year football administration manager the longest serving um lions employee by by quite some mm. margin i think um the lions have done a uh beautiful tribute to her and her legacy at the club uh, on their website if you haven't gone and and read it yet and sort of how she was involved in in some of the early days of Queensland footy and and then joined the the club in the 90s, walks through the premierships, walks through the rough years, walks through the resurgence and was always in the background just helping keep things tick over era after era after era after era era of this club. I I know when I saw it come up on Facebook that, that Nicole had, had had passed away it it was one of those like hard because we it had Mm. not been publicly communicated obviously so that that she was suffering it was one of those like hard to comprehend moments wasn't it
1: oh i I was genuinely shocked Yeah, like i had to double take because i saw it on twitter Mm. or x like i was just flicking i think it was a sunday after you know sunday afternoon i was just flicking through and said um I think the I can't remember exactly what the the caption was on the story it was R.I.P. Dunks or something else, yeah, yeah. and I like I had to double take. I thought Nicole, like, and there was a picture of Nicole on there, and I was like, I had to cl- I had to click on it because I thought, is this
0: like what's like, going on? Yeah, it's not. Yeah.
1: She hasn't passed, has she? Like, what's happened? And sure enough, she had. And and like honestly, I had no idea. And I and the club had the club and Nicole had kept it like quiet forever. but it had happened. Like quite quickly, and mm. um, from leukemia, and it was like, oh, I was just shocked, mate. And I called a couple of people from the club in the ensuing days, and um, I she's just a treasure to the club, yeah. <laughs> like just an absolute treasure. Thirty-one years, and I think back to, and in many ways, I don't know if like maybe trailblaze is a strong word, but there wasn't many women in positions of that significance. 30 years ago, mm. 20 years ago, even 15, maybe even like she was a real, I, I, I look at her as like a trailblazer. Absolutely. And, um, and I don't think I'm breaking confidence here in saying, I had a chat to the coach, Chris Fagan early last week, just about some, just to say good day, really. And, um, <laughs> and he'd said that Nicole was the best in that role. He'd seen in the competition and he's been in the competition for you know nearly her duration, about twenty-five yeah, yeah. to thirty years, and yeah. she was just rock solid problem solver dealt with probably loads of crap that we never saw from the outside, um, all sorts of issues that would crop up. and
0: We think about the collapse of Ansett, that she would have been involved in yep. getting the team to Melbourne. You think Absolutely. about 2021 and the game that gets, you know, they had the COVID situation and suddenly the club's scrambling to stay in Melbourne for a few weeks after the Geelong game. That's and dunks. Yeah, that's, that was always her in the background. Yep. You think even as recently as last year, Dev Robertson, his Guernsey gets ripped. Yep. Who's the one who has to find Dev's replacement? Guernsey, and make sure it's there to go. It's Dunks. Yep. That that's she's been the one behind the scenes for this whole time. Probably the lights go out at the Gabba. One of the first ports are call be Dunks. Yep. You know th- yep. this is this is the so many of the most wonderful moments we've all shared in the last. You know, however long you've been a Lions fan, she has been pivotal to helping them come to life.
1: And I always felt like Dunks from my own personal. She is. She was as fiercely loyal about that club as anyone. Yeah. Always felt in my role, I always had a really nice relationship with Dunks. So it, we it was cordial, I would say. It was mm. um, we pleasant towards each other. But Dun- I always felt like Dunks just sort of just had me at arm's length thinking, <laughs> I'm the club here and I'm going to protect. And I I totally, I mean, I totally respected um, Yeah what what dunks did she just loved the club so the club was always first so that's what i felt anyway certainly from the outside she always had that club first and i think anyone you speak to at the club will say that and i know i mean i don't know what the club's going to do exactly just yet in terms of a celebration for Mm -hmm. dunks but obviously keep your eyes out that's something they'll be working on or are working on at the moment. So I,
0: I know later this week there is a, a sort of memorial service at the Gabba um, yep. for, for those who are able to make it, who are close to, to Nicole. I mean, and above everything else, uh, just our deepest love and care goes to, to the people who knew her the most, to her family, to her close friends, to, to everybody who, you know, if we think we were shocked when we saw the post oh. come up, you can't even imagine the seismic shift, you know, to their lives, their daily lives yep. now. So, I mean, this is... This is where footy clubs are incredible communities. Mm. Um, we we share all of life together, and and we know obviously that that at the Lions in recent years there's been a number of different life struggles that have popped up. We, we've heard about Danny, Danny. Daly's health issues, yep. and and we, we know about all these sorts of things that are that are going on behind the scenes. It's not that long ago that that we remember seeing firsthand Dane Beams struggling with mm. with the grief of his dad, and um and I I know also when I think about. Uh, being a supporter of the Lions, how much the people I've sat with at games, the Lions fans I've come to know, you sort of – you see them through marriages or divorces or yeah. children or griefs or changing jobs or illnesses. And, and there's just this real sense that that this whole thing, yes, it's about the football, but that's really just a vehicle for something much bigger, which is the community, community and the Yeah, And I think I think Dunks uh, is more emblematic of that maybe than just about anyone you could possibly think of. Um yeah. Just
1: any close fan of the Lions, yeah, whether you knew her or not, you felt like you knew her. Yes. Because she's she she was literally part of the furniture. Yeah. Every training session, every game. She's on the sidelines there of when Fags is down on the bench losing his mind and Dunks mm-hmm. is there keeping her cool. <laughs> yeah. Um I probably shouldn't laugh. Maybe it's not a time to laugh, but I it makes me chuckle when I think of how calm Dunks was down on the oh. sideline when when There'd sort of, did, be, be mayhem going on around a plague running on and off the field, the yeah. coaches barking orders when he used to coach from the sideline and there'd be there'd be Dunks just cool the cucumber.
0: Yeah, probably the one who has to pick up the headset after he <laughs> yeah, throws it in the exactly. air when the Lions make it into the top four in twenty twenty one and Look, it's, it's just an incredible legacy and, and all us Lions supporters owe, owe her an enormous debt of gratitude for, for all that, that she's done for the club over the years. And um, look, as, as we said, just all of our love, all of our sympathy to, to Dunks and those who, who loved her, our thoughts are, are very much with you at the moment. Well, Mike, it is time to look ahead at season 2024 with the most in-depth preview that I think you could possibly hope to imagine. The Crystal Ball is here. We're looking at it. Uh, it as I mentioned off the top, it's had a long, hard look at itself over the over the summer. Um, and because really, let's be honest, this is now seven years of mediocrity that the Crystal Ball has given us. Real and, sort um, of
1: Gold Coast Suns vibes, <laughs> isn't it?
0: <laughs> Fighting words from the man who covers the Suns. hope they don't hear this. I hope
1: they do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, you're right Because every year begins with promise it potential It does, that's what it is This is the year that it's all going to happen And then and then by the end of it, you're sort of thinking the crystal is going to be traded back to Melbourne And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get average draft picks back for it And whatever's going to happen from there But we, we've got a pretty comprehensive viewpoint uh, of the season here Now, I'm just going to chuck you questions And we'll work through these bit by bit Looking at the preview of I think some will be quick, potentially yep. And yep. some
1: will be a bit more in-depth Leading goal kicker,
0: let's start there
1: I'm going to go with the reliable and go with Charlie. Okay. He's kicked 50 plus in four out of the last five years. And I think it was just the COVID shortened year that he didn't kick that. And he's very durable. We we know what sort of player. I don't have to go into these virtues as a player, but I'm going with the reliable option with Charlie.
0: I'm going to go the other, interestingly now reliable option in Joe (laughs) Danco. (laughs) <laughs> um, who who I still think we somewhat underrate. won it last year. Right. And I think we are still underrate a bit the season he had in the competition. I think he'll kick 70-plus goals this year. I think Joe's going to – I think the longer Joe stays fit, the better Joe gets. Mm-hmm. And he's now had a pretty long uninterrupted run. Touch wood, obviously. And, uh,
1: sorry, I'm just thinking about the confidence that he must have yes, after yes. winning the raw deal medal. like oh, Well, that's, that's it. What that's that it. does for a player. Man. Who knows? <laughs> Did Lockie win it the year before? <laughs> And then when he won the Brownlow?
0: Lockie did, did he? win it in 2019 and, and then won the Brownlow. Oh, and I think he might have won it last year and then won the Brownlow.
1: Oh, well, there you go. I'm in Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've got this all wrong.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting we did see some of our Raw Deal family in the Facebook group. Yes. We got a photo with Joe Danaher at I think the community camp. Yeah. Um he wasn't wearing the Raw Deal medal there, I don't no. know. Too valuable. You wouldn't <laughs> take it out in public. No. Nah. Nah. But, uh, but geez, I'd, I would just I would pay how, so much How much longer are we going
1: to get leverage out of this, out of Joe Danher oh. jokes with the Raw Deal Metal? 30 or 40 years, yeah, to probably.
0: be honest. I, I would genuinely pay good money to know where it is. Same here. Oh, Mike, we should have put a <laughs> GPS tracker on it. Could you imagine? Just check now and sort the tip. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, who knows? All right, the leading Brownlow vote debtor.
1: Going safe again, Lockie. <laughs> I just don't know how you can not go with Lockie. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I was one, Won two this. out of the last three. Should have won the one in between, or two out of the last four, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two out of the last four. Should have won one in between. Mm. Proven vote getter. <laughs> it's hard to go past him, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: Um, And I, it's an interesting one because I was trying to think of some a, a more speculative option. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. But, but realistically, it's impossible to go past him. It so is. I'm with yeah, you on that. Yeah. Uh, Merit Murray medalist.
1: I think this is the guy I went last year. Yep, I'm going again. Hugh McCluggage. I'm with you. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. We isn't both it?
0: picked Hugh to have this enormous year last year, and he he didn't quite. Oh, uh, he had to, a strong finish. Look, to be honest,
1: yeah. I thought he was quite a bit off it. Generally speaking, in the first half of the year, mm. and he still finished third. Yes. And yes, I just it just that just reiterated to me mm. how much the coaches value what he does for the team. Yep. I guess. Yeah. So. I think I just think he can play better this year than he did last year. And if that's the case, well, he, yeah. he wins for me.
0: Well, we've been saying for a while there'll be a generational shift when Hugh becomes our best player yep. instead of Lockie. And I think we both thought that might happen last year. I think it might happen this year. So yeah. but we'll see what happens there. Um, a surprising top five in the club champ.
1: I'm pinching one of your predictions from last year yeah. for this, Connor McKenna.
0: Mike, we're going to have to call the podcast off. We've have got you got some? Say- oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> well, I was big on we Connor last year. We should have checked year, beforehand, but, actually, because no, I, I, I
1: could have used an alternate one.
0: No, this but, is good, though, but yeah. but we can talk a bit about Connor here because yeah. last year I was very big on him in the preseason. And I wasn't. And, yeah. I mean, I he didn't quite make the All-Australian team, as I no. su- suggested, but he, he wasn't a world away. He had no. a strong, strong season. So you think he'll ba- he'll go he one even better this year?
1: Well, you just think, I mean, we've you've asked for a surprise top five, and I think it would mm. still be a surprise... But he's gonna have an entire pre season under his belt this time that he didn't really have last time. He came from Ireland, he came at Christmas time, it was a million degrees, it like yeah. he was nursed through last preseason. Yeah. Now he's had a full season of games, another pre season. It's fair to think that he's going to be a better footballer this year. Mm-hmm. And that's off a pretty high bar already. And like you say, we saw how he finished last year and how influential he became. So yeah, I think we're going to see a better version from the get-go this year, and that all goes well. But um, top five is, a, just to r- remind the listeners here, that's a very high bar yes. for this team. You think, particularly when it's midfielder dominated, yeah. you think if if most guys play most games, you think there's Lockie, there's Yuma Cluggage, there's Josh Dunkley, mm. Harris Andrews won it last year. It's tough competition. So if you get in the top five, you've had a great season.
0: What about all Australian squad members, and then we'll get to who makes the team. How many and who are they?
1: Okay, squad members, I'm going, how many have I got here? One, two, three, four, five. So, again, yeah. I've, I've played it pretty straight. Harris Andrews, Lockie Neal, Hugh McCluggage, Charlie Cameron, Joe Danaher. Okay. That's my five. You got any differences to that? I got seven. Okay. And this
0: will make sense in a moment.
1: Se- seven's a lot. Seven is a lot. I'll but own- not not totally well, it'll make sense when silly.
0: I ex- when I get to my predictions for the Lions' year. I think you'll go right. Yep. That's where you got seven. Yep. Uh, I've got um, the five you mentioned plus uh, Cam Rayner and Kitty Coleman. Okay. Uh, are also yep. to make my seven, but um, when it gets to the actual five in the team, I've got five making the actual five's a too. lot in the team too. It is, it is. But yep. when we get to the actual team itself, I mean, yep. we, the Lions were snubbed last year at the All Australian, and I that's think that's fair. That'll be yep. that'll be re- rectified. Uh, I don't have those two making the the actual teams. I've got Joe Hugh. Oh, sorry, I've got Joe Hugh, Kitty, Charlie, and Harris making the team. So okay. I actually don't have Lockie in the team, but I have those other five in the team.
1: I do have Lockie in the team. Okay, who else? No, I think the selectors will not want to make that mistake again (laughs) after maybe they won't be embarrassed but i think it's a little embarrassing and i think he was highly highly underrated last year and that's not in hindsight because of the brown uh, his season was just underrated last year so i think harris lockie and charlie for me i think danaher i really wrestled with that because i thought he was a bit stiff last year but man, that key forward those key forward spots are so difficult to make um they are Charlie Curno, you think if he's fit, he's probably going to be hard to topple out. one. Like, it's just a hard position. But I, mm. I'm not against you on that. With the, you, you had Joe in there, yeah. didn't you I think? Yeah, yeah, I, did. yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he made it. Uh,
0: I mean, I've got him as the common medalist. So that's why I think he'll make it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. And, and this might lead to this question. This might make a bit more sense now, Mike. But where will the Lions finish the home and away season?
1: So I've got him finishing third. I think okay. there'll be a few losses obviously you finish third you're gonna I mean if you finish, if you finish first you're probably gonna have a few losses aren't you mm. I just think it's gonna be super tight those top five or six teams okay and I just think Brisbane's gonna be in that ruck I guess of teams and you know not dissimilar to last I just sort of think that the Collingwood GWS Carlton Brisbane uh, Melbourne Port mm. Those West Coast, I, West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> the heavy hitters. I just think it's going to be super tight at the top. So yeah, I, I've sure. got Brisbane third, and that's you know I think that'd be a re- I think that'd be a really good home and away season. Obviously, you want top two. Mm. <laughs> third one looks so good if you you know if you've got to play away for the first week of the finals. That's down the track, but ultimately top four is your goal. Two chances, all the rest we've heard it all before. But yeah, yep. I've, you've got them finishing higher. I would say.
0: So I, I see this season. I realistically think there's two ways this season unfolds personally. I think it's going to be different to the last few seasons, one way or the other. I think either the pain and heartbreak of the grand final loss could set them back and we could see a sixth or seventh finish and they slide a bit. That That's one possibility. Um, and I think we'll know if there's a few losses early on and they look a bit off. I think we we'll go, right, maybe it's that season. Um, which is interesting because that, that was sort of the 2021 season, even though we scraped into the top four. Yeah. I remember thinking after 19 and 20 where we were these, you know, really solid third place team or second place team. And you
1: think that 2020 was a missed chance, yeah, right. prelim final. That's you know, it. That's yep. it.
0: So I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. If that doesn't happen, I think we're going to see something we haven't seen yet, which is the Lions be the far and away standout best team in the competition finishing first. So, yeah. um. I just think the mental maturity, the age profile of the group now. This is now a mature, seasoned. Um, there's like, yes, I know Chris Fagan will quote that they're a young team, and and there is still youth he in the team. He can't use that anymore. No, I don't think. there's youth yeah. in the team, but this this team really is the most um, the most primed they've been at any stage. And we're only now a couple of seasons at most away from it starting to tip the other way when you look at your Lockies and maybe your Charlies and Joes starting to move towards the other side of their their best.
1: But but those three you mentioned there and and probably Link McCarthy, but that's about it. The rest are still mid-20s.
0: Which is very exciting for the club's long-term future. But I just think this will be the dominant year um, that that Brisbane kind of have been – threatening to have it stages but haven't yep. fully put together yet so um we'll keep going here and see how we go uh how will the lions go in the finals
1: well i think they can win i think they can win i think they can win now i'm not i'm not this that, time last
0: year you tipped uh, them up. to lose yeah. the grand final. yeah
1: so i i mean that obviously that looks like i'm a genius you know like i finished <laughs> to come runner up and they did but
0: the day and after I, the grand final you picked them to win it this year
1: yeah and i'm not You know, I'm not overly confident. Like I just said then, I think it's a really close season. Like I look at the, I think I mentioned six teams there and I think, oh, one of those teams is going to finish sixth and someone's going to go, oh, Carlton finished sixth. What a, you know, they've gone backwards and you think, well, they might be, how many games are they, 23? They might be, you know, 16 and seven and finish sixth or something and have a difficult first final and lose or something. You think, oh, that's a, poor year. I think yeah, I just think the comp's really tight now. The talent spread is pretty good. You mm. don't have to be we saw Hawthorne and Gold Coast blow Brisbane away last year, blow away a team that was a kick away from winning the grand final. So I just think there's a the 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 competition's really even. There's certainly no guarantees for Brisbane here. And I'm not and I'm not by saying that I think they're going to win I'm not using that as my benchmark for pass fail the whole year mm. because I think things evolve as the season goes. There could be injuries, there could be who know who knows what. I don't want to wish that on anyone, but I just think, like you've alluded to really well so far, is that they're in a great spot. They're in as good a spot on the evidence we've seen. Yeah, they've they're now a season finals team. I don't think that's an issue now. And the MCG, yes, they didn't get the win, but that doesn't. I don't think that's an issue anymore. No. MCG um they played really good footy there and yeah they you know they lost the grand final but it was such a great performance that day and they're in a great spot on the evidence we've got in front of us now I think yeah I I think they can win
0: who do you have them beating you went Melbourne the day after the grand final yeah
1: well this this leads to our next question I don't want to skip too far here but I've got you you've asked me here and I'm skip it let's just before I get to that you think they're going to win I think right? they're going to beat yeah.
0: Melbourne by fifty-five points in the grand final.
1: Okay, you've gone that You've got a margin and opponent and a and, margin. And
0: here's my reasoning. So I you just think, think it's that year? So, so our next. Yep. So
1: the next question you had was the best side in the comp. Yes. Uh, I like the way Dom worded this on the email he sent me. Yeah. The best other team in the comp. <laughs> 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 yep. Just sort of like yep. subtly nudging me to well. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got? I got the. <laughs> I thought about this a lot, and I just couldn't come with it. I've gone the Giants. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. That and, I mean, I, and I'm not quite, I'm a little bit- Was it round 13, 14 last year? They're 11th? Yeah.
1: I'm a bit queasy saying that. Yeah. I still am a bit queasy. And by the time we have to do our crystal ball for the website, which mm. is in pre-season, I, I, that might change. Okay. I just couldn't come up with a stronger answer. I love the Giants' defense. Mm. I love the fact they've got- uh Sam Taylor, Jack Buckley, Harry Hill. I love those key defenders. Yeah, they've got good. good running defenders. Jesse Hogan is uh, I mean, he's not a Charlie Curno, or he's probably not even a Joe Datt, but he's a very good marking target as a foot. Toby Green's probably the best forward in the comp. They got a terrific midfield. I just look at them and thought, you know what, they got really good balance. Yeah. Their back half of the year was amazing. That's where I'm going. I could change my mind. <laughs> But that's where I'm going at the moment. I think the Giants. Uh, oh, I like watching them play.
0: Well, they're I good. I have uh, three possibilities that were crossing my mind. I've gone the Demons obviously in this instance, and that's just because I know a lot of people are tipping them to slip out. But their profile still. I'm not. I think they're mine. there as well, mm-hmm. and I think they've resolved the ruck issue now with Grundy out, and a, a lot will depend on what happens with Clayton Oliver yep. and the yep. mental space he's in. But, um, but I, I still think they will be this this dominant side this year as well. But the other two, one of them was GWS I was weighing up yep. because it just they they strike me as the sort of side, new coach, first year they show all this improvement, that then the second year, kind of like is it average Craig with the McCray? Bulldogs and Craig McRae at the pies. Yep. Like You see sometimes these clubs that turn things around really quickly under a new coach and they win a flag pretty quick. Yeah. So I, I, they had that vibe to me. The other one for me is Adelaide. Um, I think Adelaide will be a top four team this year. Yeah, okay. so
1: I'm not quite there with them, but I can see where you're coming from. They've yeah. the, the team on paper is mm. exciting. Very, very exciting. So the exciting, other team so. I I'm I'm putting Collingwood in the conversation yep. still. And that's fair. Yeah. That's very fair. I it's the I guess the question marks over Collingwood is what do they get out of Scott Pendlebury? Yep. He's just to change sports to basketball again is he lebron james is he just going to keep doing this until he's 40 <laughs> yes, yeah. like we keep when's the drop-off coming it never is but but does it come this year does still Sidebottom take a step back uh what happens with no dan mcstay for the for the year big big loss it's a huge loss yeah mason cox is probably not someone you can rely on as a full time forward so they have got questions but they've just been so damn good for two years i they're going to be there again, I would think, somewhere around the mark. So that's the other team for me.
0: Lockie Schultz is going to be a fascinating pick for them. Fascinating yep. pick yeah, for mine. Um Okay, we'll move then uh, into biggest riser this season in terms of oh, Okay, position. biggest riser. Yeah. What you got? Th- this
1: is going to bite me. Yep.
0: I'm uh, going to say Gold <laughs> I'm
1: such an idiot. <laughs> but I do have a bit of logic behind this. Yeah. That, and people listening, I'm sure, will understand They finished 15th last year, Gold Coast. Uh, I forgot to write this down. I think it was nine wins. Uh, 15th place they finished. Nine and 14, I think their record was. They should be on the cusp of the eight, Mm. and it wouldn't shock me if they surged into the eight. Again, that's not the pass-fail mark, but Hardwick as the coach, is the massive wild card. Who knows how they... uh, I know how they're going to play mm. in terms of a style. It's going to be ballistic and it's going to be exciting and it's going to be very much what we saw at Richmond with some new cattle for him to work with. I don't know how good Gold Coast are going to be, <laughs> how they'll adapt to it, how quickly they'll adjust and whatnot, but I think it's not a stretch to see them jumping from nine wins to 12 or 13, Yeah, and I think that constitutes a big rise. I just can't see any other teams around that part of the ladder that will make such a leap. Mm. although maybe the team that you just referenced before, you know, who have you gone with? I guess I don't want to steal your thunder. Adelaide, here, but, but, Adelaide yeah, but, but, awesome. but it's
0: interesting you say this. I had this thought, I think Gold goes to will as well. I've actually got this theory that at some point in the season, maybe at the end of the season, four of the top five clubs are going to be interstaters. I think the demons will be in the top five, but I think the other four will be Brisbane, Gold Coast, GWS and Adelaide. Jeez. So yeah, I think, I think, huge. I think maybe when the season ends, those four will be in the top five teams. I just I genuinely, in terms of everything that's been the ingredients of a successful team, I see it in the Giants, I see it in Adelaide. I think Brisbane will hold, and I think the Gold Coast have been waiting for. Daniel I'm sort of
1: willing it into existence with Gold Coast to be to be honest sure. as well, but and I'm been burnt too many years by thinking last. Certainly last year, I thought they were going to make a jump, and they never really did. And but what and that it,
0: clubs needed has been belief more than anything. It is and hard, I think and
1: they do believe in hard week. That's Those what players I mean. believe. God, they believe. I've watched them train. <laughs> sure. I, I didn't. I didn't see Brisbane train before Christmas, if I'm being honest. And um, they came back a week or two later than got. But I saw Gold Coast train four or five times, and mm. the players, even David Swallow, who's been there since day one, just. Beaming when he came off the field, just mate, and he just sort of smile and go like it, it, he's loving footy, he's, yeah. and not that he wasn't under Stewie, and that's the truth. Like yes, he, yes. Dave's just a all time, he'd be an all time legend of that club and one of the one of the great guys in footy. But he just loves what they're doing at the sun, and I hope that Hardwick's influence rubs off, and I think he's going to play a style that will suit them. They yeah. are unbelievably fit team. Now whether they've got the skills to. Be able to take advantage of that. I don't know, but they're he's going to use their speed and their fitness. That's mm. the way they're going to play. So I think they are. I genuinely think they are the team that's going to jump.
0: Biggest faller this season.
1: I've Biggest gone. Oh, I've gone St Kilda. Okay. So they finished yep. sixth last year. I think they're still going to be very good. It's just sort of the way Ross play. You're not going to be too far. You're not going to be out of games very often. And I still think they'll be very competitive. But I think sixth was overachieving. Mm. They might get more out of Max King this year as well. I don't want to discount that. They did have some, they did have a bunch of injuries. They had, had a lot of injuries, to be Maybe. fair, last year. St Kilda had a ton. So I anyone that listens to this with St Kilda as their main team or their second team or whatever, probably has every right to jump up and down. But I just don't know they've got enough high-end talent, really, when it's when when it's all said and done. So I, I think sixth was overachieving and I and I can see them going from their whatever they had last year, 13 wins, I think. I can see them dropping to, you know, nine or ten wins.
0: Well, our, our friend Charlie Clawson from Two Guys One Cup, he's not going to come on now with that, uh, no, that yep. Saints comments. Thanks, Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> um, but he's been calling Will Ashcroft Marcus Ashcroft in their first few episodes. So, you know, <laughs> it's just revenge, Charlie. Just revenge. Yep. Um, I've gone port, uh, yep. personally. I, I think… I can see that. I think yep. they'll be thereabouts, but I yeah. But- Here's my big call. Paul will be bottom four at the bye and Hinkley won't last the season. I think this club – I know that's really? a big call. That's a big call. I, I just think I- this club has a lot of potential, but they're stuck – I think their list profile is stuck between the young and the old with not much in the middle. And and I just wonder I just – Ken's been there for a long time. There's this toxic sort of thing that's seeped in from the supporter base – and I just think that, the pressure that is, is going to be there from toxic. the beginning, the right? The supporter base
1: is absolutely
0: toxic, and I just I think there's going to be a few bad results early. The mood's just going to sour completely, and I just think it's going to go off the rails quickly. We've seen clubs just falter really quickly, and generally it comes after a really disappointing finals campaign, and that's what they had last year. So I just think I think Porter in trouble, um, and and I think I'm just
1: I'm just too in love with those young midfielders. Yeah, I know. I, I just But I, don't I think get there's what you're much saying. Beyond i beyond it. That, that, that's true. I just, I guess the, the, maybe I'm putting a bit too much stock into the, and, and they're not great players they got in. Mm. A lot will fall on how Rattigalia goes as a key defender. How, now, Zerk Thatcher's probably a second or third defender, but obviously they've gone, oh, God, we're so thin in defence. We have to get guys there.
0: Does it feel a bit like the Lions 2009
1: recruiting? I mean, you could say that, but... They needed those players. That's true. Like they, That's had, true. they needed those players. So yeah. a lot will fall on Radagalia. Right
0: yep, I agree with you entirely on that. Um, biggest threat. Now, this this needs a bit of help uh, to explain, but biggest threat to the Lions winning the flag, and I don't mean opposition team. I mean something that could happen, whether it's a game plan, a tactic thing that the club doesn't quite get right, whether it's some other factor, whatever you think the biggest threat is. Now you might have mentioned it off the top when you spoke about depth. Is that where you're going with biggest threat?
1: Biggest threat, I'm going to make it. I'm to make it one thing. Yep. And it's an injury to Joe Danaher.
0: Okay. I think right. it's so. It's uh,
1: yeah. I just think he's the hardest player in the list to cover. Yep. It's mm-hmm. an area of the ground that we've talked about previously about. Oh, they're a bit thin there. Now they've gone and got Brandon Ryan and there's some guys, young fellas, i have got in the draft that can are probably more hybrid forwards than you know the the two like Joe. <laughs> Not many mm-hmm. as tall as Joe, 203, 204 centimeters, but. It's and it's, it's not just and of course if you get an injury to a key defender or a key forward it's a big loss. I just think the drop off from Joe to the next to the guy that comes in for him is as is as big as anyone on Brisbane's list. Totally agree. So that's the main. Oh, whereas I think the year before we came out of twenty twenty two. And we harped on about it on our podcast. Well, I'd say we harped on about it, but there's probably only so much we could harp on when we were still involved with the club. But Mm. that defensive running and being able to defend turnovers, it just stood out. Whenever they lost, that was often, whether it was just for 15 minutes or a quarter Mm. or it was a match. Like, we could look at that. We come into last year going... They've got to fix that up now. Whether it's how they move the ball to help them defend the turnovers, whether it's they become better at running, whatever they have to figure out a way to defend teams just slicing them up on turnover. Yeah, they sorted that last year. They did. That. What, how many times did we mention that last year? Not often. No. So I really just think I think the game plans, you know, Fags has pretty has kept it pretty similar over the years. They've tinkered. They've they've sorted that issue out from 2022 last year and so I don't think it's a game plan thing I'm I'm just going with an injury to Joe whereas I looked yep. at the other end and thought you know if Harris gets injured it's a problem but I, I actually think I think they've shown if Jack Payne's the number one and Gardner and Duday and Ryan Lester I just think yeah. there's enough there where they can they can figure that out and yeah I agree so it's just Joe me. an injury to Joe and I would be thinking if he gets injured for you know obviously a season ender was is the ultimate concern but even if it's for six or eight weeks you're like oh what's going to happen in those six or eight weeks
0: yes yes it's it would certainly upheave the whole thing a little bit It'd be, it would certainly be turbulent if that occurred yeah and so I'm with you on that I've gone slightly injury related as well but a little bit different which is just um the how quickly Will Ashcroft and Tom Duday can adjust yeah we've seen with Cam Rainer and Eric Kipwood that they mm. did take a good 12 to 18 months to capture their best footy now, I don't know if the Lions heading into a finals campaign can carry two players who are still finding their feet back at the top level. Um, if if one or, or, or both of Will or Tom can get to their best quickly, like within six, seven, eight games, or get close to their best in that, that period of time, I think the Lions win the flag. But if one or both of them is you know takes a while to find their feet now you might say well they might then go back to the reserves but i just i feel like the the lions are very invested now in what their best side looks like i was and gonna say
1: it's hard to see either of those guys playing reserves right it? right maybe will plays one in the reserves maybe possibly, you know?
0: possibly but to me this is the this is the question mark is will they both be able to hit the ground running yeah. now? I think uh, we don't know a heap about Tom yet, but we know a lot about Will. And what we know about Will is if there's any way for him to hit the ground running, mm. he will have found it. Yeah. But um, but that's the question mark to me. It's all about how quickly those two rebound and recover um, as we hit the quarter mark of our preview. Um, it was a joke. <laughs> I think it's about the halfway mark, to be honest. So it's not <laughs> that much of a joke. Um, is it definitely Dane Zorko's last year?
1: I mean, not definitely, but I'd, I'd say, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd be... Eighty percent. Yep, that would be his last year. Yeah, I think I'm there's the just same. there's just too much going on with his body at the, the yeah. last couple of years, and I still, yeah. I still think at right now that his best stuff, and that when he's fit, he's in the best team. I still mm. think that right now, but that line's becoming a little blurrier. So I can yep. see if he gets a if he does another hammy in round two and misses a month and uh you know i don't know mm. jimmy tunstall comes in and shows us that he can play good footy well this is all, I, it, the wriggle room's just becoming a bit less for him so I, I i probably think it's his last year i'm with
0: you on that uh we start with carlton frio collingwood north and melbourne what will our win loss ledger be after five rounds
1: well how do, i find it hard picking one game at a time don but we're going <laughs> to i think the i think they're going to start well i think they'll be 4 and 1
0: Okay, I got and five zip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've got 23 zip, but
0: <laughs> we are off and running. So,
1: without going into too much depth, because they're all, oh, well, Kangaroos is one they should win, but they're, yep. they're, ga- they're difficult games generally, yep. right? It's a, that's a difficult stretch, and that's why you've asked. But mm. the one I'm probably concerned about is round two, actually, at Frio. I think mm. they'll win round one. I think they'll be up for round one. Carlton, Carlton's a good team, whatever. I think the road trip to – I just think Frio had a down year last year. They've had an extra long preseason. They've come back much earlier, a couple of weeks earlier than Brisbane have. They'll be ready to hit the ground going, and I just wouldn't – I think that's going to be a very difficult match uh, yeah. in, in round two. Round three, that's a grand final rematch, right? Yeah. But I think you just can't pick against Brisbane. Um, you can't pick against Brisbane at the Gabba. Not at the moment. Not at the moment, no. Sorry, to clarify that, I think they'll beat Frio, mm. but I think that's super difficult. The what I think the loss will come in round five.
0: Frio feels like the banana peel, doesn't it? Massively, it does to it me, does yeah. They,
1: they'll be up, they'll be hitting this pre-season, mm. ready to go. Yeah. And Brisbane's just sort of, I'm not pretending they're going to do a Richmond from 2019 and just sort of... You, you try, they are certainly trying to peak later in the year, Brisbane. No doubt about well, that. Well, that's they, the,
0: they came, lower, the, the fewer yeah. number of intra-clubs and things like it that. It is. They yeah. came
1: back two weeks before Christmas, then they're off. Mm. They come back for a couple of weeks, then they're having a four-day break. Clubs have got to have four-day breaks. I get it. But the season's going to be honest before we know it. Yeah. Whereas I think is going to be a little prepared. I think Brisbane will beat Frio, but that's a super difficult match, that one. I think the loss will come in round five.
0: When we're planning the live watch party. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Come along and join us to see the first loss of the season. <laughs> well, we're not gonna we're not gonna
1: have watch party, you know. Yeah. Let's just make sure Charlie Clawson never comes on this show. <laughs> we're not gonna have it against St Kilda, are we, or something, are we? It's <laughs> a good point. Sorry, Charlie. Good Sorry, good Charlie.
0: Uh, all right, player with the most approved this year.
1: <laughs> okay, I can't. Let let you go first here.
0: I got two. Who have you got? Cam Rainer and Zach Bailey. And I yep. say this. they no, no, I love this. They're both They're both very good it. players. And Zach stood up massively in the grand final. If Brisbane had won that game, how many times would we have watched Zach's goals back? I think a lot of people oh. have seen him a few times. But if we'd gone on to be premiers, I think we would have all seen Zach's goals maybe as much as we've seen Acker's goals from the early 2000s grand <laughs> finals. They were outstanding moments. But this is my big belief, is if those two step up, if one of those two even steps up and become all Australian quality, which they both have in them. They both have the potential to be that good at their best. Then we will, we will win the premiership. That, to me, when a friend was asking me recently, "Where's the, where's the improvement here?" Because most on the lines list are playing at their best already. Like you're not going to get a heap more from Harris Andrews or Lockie. No. Like we're seeing these players. Yep. Charlie Cameron is playing exactly. at his best, right? Yeah, all
1: these guys that we've picked, you know. Yes, yeah. So we.
0: Exactly. So where's the, where's the improvement? And for me, it's these two. I, I think their ceiling is still significantly higher than what we've consistently seen. Um, and if either of them or, you know, in the best case scenario, both of them go from being that player who has one amazing game in every six to, you know, six really solid games and one of them being spectacular, mm. that, that will transform Brisbane.
1: Yep. Rainer had a good year last year. Yep. Pretty more, much more consistent than he'd been previous years, but I'm with you there. Mm. Similar ilk to me, but different player. I, I'm putting Kitty Coleman in that same okay. bracket. Yep. Like we saw what he can do in the finals mm. series was the, I think, was he, I think he was Brisbane's player of the finals on their awards, yes, not equal yes. player of the finals or something. Right. Yeah. Um, there's no, now Daniel Rich didn't play the second half of last year, but there's no Daniel Rich this year. Like that's Kitty, that's, That's your Mm. half-back line, mate. Like, you are the orchestrator (laughs) all the time. I know Darcy Wilmot's there and Connor McKenna, but they do different things. You are the ball user back there, Kitty. And uh, Kitty's got to get fitter. Yep. Faded out of that prelim final, faded out of the grand final. Had done a lot of damage early on in both of those matches, but faded out. He's got to get fitter, and he's just got to be more consistent. If we see that consistent version, Mm. he can be Daniel Rich of, 2021 and being all Australian like you've projected here yeah but I want to see it I still think there's a lot to prove for Kitty we know what his best footy is I just want to see it all the time and you've got the chance now mate there's no Daniel Rich Mm. there like you have to play every week I don't want to see a little hammy in round two or round three because you're not fit enough I want to see him playing every week
0: Totally agree with you on that one. Um, moving towards the end now, the reserves player you're most excited to watch this year?
1: Well, it's the guy they recruited from Hawthorne, Brandon Ryan. Yep. We've talked about key forwards and how that's a problematic area. Now, he hasn't had a preseason in an AFL club. I, I want to see how he goes. This is his 1st preseason in AFL system. He's a, he's a bit older than your traditional rookie, played half a season for Hawthorne, most People listening to this will have seen his highlights, and they're very exciting. He picked the ball up off the ground for a 200 centimeter guy. Took a nice overhead mark against Collingwood. Has got some attributes there, but he's a guy I want to see playing reserves footy. I want to see yep. what he can do. I want to see him, you know, contribute every week at VFL level and mm. push. So that if Joe got injured or if Eric got injured, that hey mate, this this kid can actually ju- step in and do something.
0: For me, it's Kyle Loman. Yeah, um, oh, I've sort of have him in a little on, yeah. class of his own. <laughs> oh, I, I think he is the one reserves player who's most on, ready to go, most most yep. there, you know, on the on the the fringes ready to step in. And I think the narrative seemed to be that it was quite likely he was going back mm. to Victoria. Something seems to have have tweaked in his mind. I don't know what it is, but but the recommitting and the the resilience I think we've seen since then, I just feel like this might be a really big year for Kai. And and I can't really, I can't wait to see that. Um, last two questions, Mike, before we move on to some of uh, what you guys are asking us. Um, instead of asking you to go through your whole best 23 for round one I thought I would just ask you for your changes to the grand final side for round one
1: okay so the easy one is Jack Payne in yep for now this is just gonna I'm not gonna make the call right now because I just want to see the preseason so yep. it's, it's either Lester or uh, either Lester or Gardner yep so it's whoever whoever he comes in for there sure um and the other one I'll make is this might be a bit controversial. I think Harry Sharp in for Dev. Okay. I'm just thinking okay. Harry Sharp always starts preseason well. <laughs> it does, doesn't We it? know he's fit. I know he's stronger. <laughs> and yeah. I just I just think that Dev's played that half forward inside mid role. And I just think that's something that, I think that's just something Jared Berry can do. Okay. I think Bez, I mean, he's obviously been so valuable on the wing for so long, but maybe his best stuff is as an inside mid that spends time at half forward. And I think we'd, Look for another winger. Sure. And I'm just okay. going to start with Harry Sharp. So, although if there's another winger, if Tunstall jumps up in the preseason, maybe that's Tunstall that comes in, in instead. But I'm looking for a
0: winger. Well, I, I've gone as well as you paying in for Gardner or Leicester. Up on leanings, I'd, I'd go Gardner just because that's who he went out for. Um, yeah. Leicester did yeah. cement a spot, but, yep. but that could go either way. Uh, I have Harry Shupp coming in as the sub for Jared Lyons. Okay. But apart from that, it's largely the same team. I just haven't figured out who goes out for Chi yet because he never starts in the best 22. Yeah. This. <laughs> you know, Guaranteed. it's funny.
1: I looked at the grand final team and I was like, oh, there's Cal's name. Nah, we, we, can't, be, we can't be cutting Cal.
0: <laughs> They'll find Cal's a way. inmate. They no, will find a way. Somehow Cal will start the year in the reserves and then round eight he'll get into the yep. senior team and we'll go, why is Cal not yeah, been playing no, for two months? Is, he, they can't drop him again. <laughs> So yeah, I, I think that's an interesting one there. Um we got you, Cal. Yeah, no, surely he, he starts now and doesn't leave. Uh any changes to that best twenty-three for the first final? Assuming well, the play finals, that is, obviously.
1: Yeah, well, I mean uh, this is all obviously very speculative, then. It's 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 Dude. Yep. <laughs> um and Dude
0: for the other of Gardner are That's there?
1: right. I mean the bat the three key defenders are Andrews, Payne, and Dude. I think so. And then Will Ashcroft for most likely the player that I just suggested that he should um so I guess for Dev. Yeah. Okay. Ultimately. Yep. From that grand final team. And that's about it. I reckon the rest is I can't see any other changes. I got something?
0: Yeah, I've got so Dude in with the other of Gardner or Leicester out, which yep. is again harsh because I think they're both solid players, but that's why Dude's been brought to the club. But I do have one more thought, um, but yeah. Ashcroft in for Danes Orco. I think like Richie last year, and I love Zork, and I say this hesitantly, and if you're listening, Zork, this is not personal, but I I just wouldn't be shocked if he tailed off a little bit in the latter half of the year, a bit like, as I said, Richie did last year, and by the end of the year,
1: he's out. I reckon they might be super, super – not that they're not careful with him. Mm. I reckon he might miss a bit of footy through the year with the hope of being a bit more ripe for the tail end of the year.
0: And here's my big shock – uh, Kyle Loman in, Jasper Fletcher out.
1: Oh, okay, and, that's big. And I'll yeah. say this. I thought, I thought you were going to dump poor old Link McCarthy out of the team <laughs> No, then, no. When I, I bought Kyle Loman in.
0: I have a sense that um, Jasper's extraordinary. He had an awesome first year, but we've often seen players struggle a bit in their second year. Yeah. And I think Kai is being trained more and more to play a bit on the wing and high half forward. I just wouldn't be shocked if that switch happens.
1: I'm glad you mentioned this because I do, and I sort of hinted at it a bit earlier when I talked about Harry Sharp coming in and maybe Jared Berry going to that sort of mm. Dev Robertson half forward midfield sort of role. I do think those wing positions are interesting this year and yeah. it's, and it always seems interesting, doesn't it? But uh, I did think about Jasper Fletcher as well this year and I think I don't think he's going to finish as a winger. Mm. I think Jasper's going to be a... I think he's gonna be an inside midfielder too. He's just yeah. he's just so good in traffic. Like he's got good hands, he's got great spatial awareness, he makes good decisions, but you can't not you can't have seven inside midfielders, can you? So I get where I do get where you're coming from there. So yeah. I'm really interested to see what happens with those wing spots this year. And last year it was sort of this you know, mix and match with bears and mm. Jasper and Archie and um, Huey spent a little bit of time out there. And I'm really fascinated to see what sort of combination they come up with as the year wears on.
0: Look, I, I just think Kai's going to knock his way on that door. Oh, the I, team. I, I hope you're right. And, I, I honestly do. And I, I don't think Jasper will be out of form as such. I just think Kai will be undeniable. And I think Jasper's going to play well, maybe 300 games for the club. I don't mm. think it's going to be a problem, but I just, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened by the end of this season um, there. So, that's our uh, our prediction there, Mike. We got a pretty thorough, comprehensive viewpoint there into uh, into twenty twenty four. Ground, um, which is yeah. I mean, now that I feel now I feel ready. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, After yeah. doing that, now I yeah. feel like my mind's in footy again. So, so do I. And thanks I like for helping me get go. back to my job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we wrap up episode one of the new season, let's uh, jump into some of your questions. All right, now there are a bunch to get through here, Mike. We're going to fire through the majority of these, and uh, and then spend a bit of time on one big one. <laughs> I hope um, you've
1: got an answer for this big one. Well, I have some. <laughs> we thoughts. can chat about it though. I have, yes, some well, I, I have some thoughts too.
0: Firstly, James says during the off-season, Kane Corns has been highlighting the continuing hypocrisy of the AFL's equalisation policy by focusing on the travel issue. The Pies with an enormous advantage over the rest of the field. Will this matter ever be resolved? Hard to see
1: how it's going to be resolved isn't it that 's just yeah. the nature of the comp with half the teams being in one city so it's just a yep. if you come from outside that's Melbourne you just that 's just the cards you dealt
0: it will be resolved I think in about seventy or eighty years yeah when you've got five <laughs> Queensland teams, five New South Wales teams, two Tasmanian teams, and you break into conferences that 's when it will be resolved it 's not going to happen before then nope. and and to be honest, I am somewhat and only minorly somewhat sympathetic to the argument of Victorian teams that they don't often get true home ground advantage because they are share, you know, that you you might be playing Essendon, but that's you're playing in their home ground as well. They know the dimensions they've got a big supporter base in. Whereas when a team comes to Brisbane, they're genuinely in enemy territory. And so I'm a bit, Personally, and I know, I know this is not one-eyed of me, and I know I'm going to be shunned from, by Lions fans as a result of this, but I'm not. I am somewhat sympathetic to that argument, just somewhat. Uh, Deshaun says, "What will the split be from forward to midfield for Cam Do you think this year? Which I, is I the think big question. I
1: reckon they got it right last year. I think it's he's predominantly forward. I'm, yep. I'm done with any other sort of. I used to like the thought of him being Christian Petrarca and Dustin Martin, Whatever. I love him being your forward. He's basically our you know, as we've discussed, like a pseudo third tall. Mm. I like him. If I'm putting percentages on it, I would say 75, 25 okay. forward mid. Yep. I do like him going in for maybe four or five center bounces a game, but that's about it. A burst player in the middle for me. I love him being forward.
0: Interesting. I, I think I agree with you, but I'm probably a little bit, a more? bit more to midfield. Yep. I'd like to see him do a bit more there this year. Um, There was some stat that we won more center bounces when he was in there than anyone else I okay. think last year. So I'd love to see him get a few more goes in there and, and maybe that's because up, he's
1: fresh when he goes in there. It could well be. Maybe. Could well
0: be. Um but that's an interesting one to to note. Uh Morgz says has Dom given himself a ban from attending all Melbourne games Good especially question, the MCG?" Morgz. I mean, come on Morgs, we we've spoken already about the the situation of uh of Just breaking give it, the curse. give the
1: synopsis again, Dom, well, for those people who okay. might have just fallen, dropped off at the end of sure, last year. True point. You
0: know? Good point. Well, new listeners or people who dropped off, basically I have seen, I think it's 14 or 15 games in Melbourne, Lions games in Melbourne, over about 15 years for not one win yet. Uh, home and away, grand final, whatever. Never seen a win in Melbourne um, from, from the men's team. And uh, I have decided, Mike, that this year uh, I'm going to attempt to break the curse. I'm going to see the Lions play live in Melbourne three times during the home and away season. And if they lose all three of those, I am at this point saying <laughs> that I won't go to the grand final if they make it in Melbourne.
1: But he's still going to be at the Royal Derby. <laughs>
0: well, I will be. And maybe there'll be someone in a trench coat with a fake moustache at the grand final who looks a little bit like me. <laughs> but no, I, I'm serious about this because, I, I mean, do I logically believe that my attendance has anything to do <laughs> with how this football side performs?
1: Maybe, Maybe you don't think, <laughs> you know, Joe gets a bit more nervous <laughs> knowing you're in the crowd or... Zach
0: has to check the restraining order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I, I just think uh, I need to give this a real go. I need to see a win in Melbourne. So yeah. my plan is I'm thinking there's a Sunday game against Hawthorne at Marvel. I think Hawthorne will be better this year, but that should be a win.
1: Surely. After last oh, last
0: There's a Friday night game against the Dogs. Those are the two I'm looking at at the moment, right? Cop that, Will. I know. But have got them now. But this is, this is part of my thinking, right? If if I saw those two and they lost them both, then I'd be going, oh, no. I'm in big trouble oh, here. Oh, no. So, but, but, but my aim is, and look, if, if we lose three Melbourne games that I'm attending, I apologise I've cost us three wins for the year. But at least I'm not costing us a grand final. So could you imagine if that happened, Mike, if there were three Melbourne games that I went to, we lost them all, so I didn't go to the grand final and then they won the grand final. Oh, no. Even you, the sceptic, would have to start thinking the curse was real (laughs) then. (laughs) <laughs> You'd have to start questioning it, wouldn't you? Um so yeah, that's the plan. We'll follow the the crushing the curse is gonna be one of the the arcs we follow oh, through this season. So stay tuned for that. Uh Mick says, when do you start getting nervous about McCluggage? We we know Kitty Coleman re signed over the break, which is wonderful news. The next big one on the list out of contract end of twenty twenty four is humor Cluggage. Any nerves, Mike?
1: Not really, to be honest. I don't have any nerves. Yeah. I mean, and the question was, when do you become nervous? So I don't know whether he's whether mix inferring there that oh I should be nervous now, or whether mm. he's, it's a genuine question. But if it's a genuine question, I think, may, maybe if it gets beyond the buy, like a yep. couple of weeks beyond the buy, even if it got to the buy, I think there's a fair there'd be a fair bit of negotiating going on at the moment. I would say mm. I, I've got no doubt Hugh wants to stay here, yep. no doubt. <laughs> But he has got some serious leverage and is yes. rightfully chasing some serious money. There's a new CBA oh. about to kick in. He's uh, just finished third in the best and fairest again for about the fifth year in a row. Like he has got some proper leverage. So, and can you
0: imagine what other clubs would be offering? him? Oh my god! Like he's, he he'd be getting close to a million that, from some other clubs.
1: I was just say he's a million dollar man. Yep. So yep, agree. You know, I think he's gonna. I think I wouldn't be shocked if it happens pretty quickly. But yeah, if we got to the middle of the year, I you know. I still think that's when a lot of this negotiating gets done often if they're out of contract guys is the, the buy period in the middle of the year. so mm. I, I wouldn't be sort of too concerned and, until you got well past the buy.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I, I think with what you and I have said, Hugh would be aware of the fact that he is positioned to possibly be the best player at the team, you know in the yep. club. And if he does that, yeah he's a million dollar player. yeah and, and I'm sure some clubs with more room in the salary cap will Absolutely. already be in his manager's ear saying, we'll pay him a million. Yeah, you know, so that that's going to be the the arc. But, um, yeah, I I would be shocked if he didn't. So stay. would I. Absolutely shocked. I, I would be stunned. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think there's
1: anything to worry about.
0: No, you won't find many more people more loyal and committed no. to this whole thing than than Hugh is. Um, I don't think that that's probably a fair. He to start say.
1: he started here with fakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he he want to see it out.
0: Like maybe if he's a 30 31 year old he's yeah, got yeah, yeah. flags yep. here yeah. <laughs> and the team's on the way down and someone asks him to do a Luke college. He could be that sort of, of player. Yep. But I don't think he's going to leave with unfinished business. No, no chance on that one. Uh, all right, let's uh let's jump into questions. Actually, do you reckon Kikons is coming back this year? Oh, <laughs> that's, a, that's something I hadn't thought about. I mean, I'm happy. Now I think about it, other clubs can take him just to take down Kickons. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, okay, that'll be interesting though, because Kickons has lost their producer in Sam, going, right. and that, we'll have to monitor what oh, happens geez. there with Kickons. Um, uh, all right. The big talking point, Mike, before we get out of here, um, the one that we've been getting, you and I both have been getting messages all over the summer, what's going on here, surrounds the Gabba. Um, There's
1: all this high-powered political chat going, and we've got the answers. I know, I know. I love (laughs) it. But still, I love the questions. So
0: let's do a quick recap. It's announced in 2021 that Brisbane's won the Olympics for 2032. As part of that, they're going to knock down and rebuild the Gabba. That got really exciting for a while. We didn't think there'd be a business case to put a new, you know, multi-billion dollar stadium in Brisbane. Suddenly the Lions go from maybe having the worst um, of the big stadiums around the country to possibly the best. So all of this excitement starts to build, but then we think where's the fill-in venue going to be? This is where things got messy. Suddenly the GABA went from a billion dollars to $2.7 billion because of miscalculations on the spend. Public sentiment starts to shift. The government gets nervous. Late last year, they announced that uh, that the RNA will be used as this temporary venue for, for Queensland cricket and for the Lions, but that they and the RNA will have to contribute uh, two-thirds of the cost combined. Um, everyone loses their minds over that. I, I think that was a sign of a nervous government oh. knowing that they were on the very fine line and thin ice with public opinion. Um, and I don't think it's a big – from people I know who are much more closely connected to political media than me, it's not a big exaggeration to say – Anastasia Palaszczuk largely lost the premiership over this issue. Mm. It was after the kickback to the RNA thing that that suddenly things got shaky. So the Labor Party- It certainly coming,
1: seemed coincidental.
0: Yes. At, at, yes. To be generous. So we're coming up to state election for those who aren't in Queensland. That's in October this year. Um, and on that state election- uh, I think there's a great fear in the Labor Party, which has been in power for about a decade now after the Campbell-Newman disaster <laughs> that, that preceded it. Um, uh, and, and I think there's a real sense and sentiment that the Gabba thing could lose them the election. It could be the one thing. I mean, it's already lost Palaszczuk, her position, and it could lose them the whole election uh, because public sentiment has not been positive to a $2.7 billion stadium uh, in these these living times. Which realistically...
1: We know that if they're saying two point, this is the cynic in me and yes. I would think a majority of the public. If they're saying 2.7, mm. it's probably not going to finish as a $2.7 billion project, is no. it? It's probably going to blow out to some who knows what. Something over three. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe three and a half. Who knows, yeah, right? That's right. So this is what people are thinking, and and then you know all, all of this stuff has pushed on and pushed on and pushed on, and now the new premier. Me- Stephen meanwhile, Miles, we're less
1: than two years away from the original. Right. What, just to catch it up. Yeah. Uh, November twenty twenty five or December twenty twenty five after the Ashes mm. test matches played at the Gabba was the original proposal for Knocked bang down. knock yep. down Brisbane Lions Brisbane Heat whatever need a new home for the January twenty twenty
0: six. Yep. Yeah, so this is where we stand at the moment. And uh, the new Premier Stephen Miles announced earlier this month, I think it was, that uh, he was putting all of the Olympic stuff on hold and commissioning a 60-day review in in what I think was a very smart political move. He Mm. put former Lord Mayor Graham Quirk, Liberal Lord Mayor Graham Quirk, who's a very popular politician probably Mm. in Brisbane, no fuss sort of politician, put him in charge of the overview, so some real bipartisan stuff going on there. And now we're in the middle of that 60-day review. I think we'll hear sometime in March the findings of that review and things will go from there. Now, there's a a belief, I think, that this is all a bit of political ploy to get to a resolution where the government goes, we were wrong, that's not the best option, we are now not going to knock down the GABA, we're going to spend less money, everyone's happy, they get re-elected. Here's two problems with that, as I see it. The first is all the modelling... Independent modeling suggested the GABA did have to be knocked down and rebuilt. This hasn't been plucked from nowhere.
1: I was going to, I'm so glad you've got to this, Dom, because yes. that's my overarching thought as well.
0: Right. Like, it, like it
1: has to be redone.
0: You can't make the GABA an Olympic stadium without a knockdown and rebuild. So, so you,
1: even, sorry, mate, I cut you off then. You, oh, no, no. I, I was yeah. just going
0: to say there's no, it's not feasible. And, and that's for a bunch of reasons. There isn't, and Jake Anson's mentioned this to us. There isn't the underground facilities to safely transport heads of state, presidents, prime ministers in and out. There isn't facilities and and access for people with disabilities to get around the stadium. The current sort of technological setup of the stadium is is built to a 90s a 1990s standard. Um, there are there are issues after issues after issues with with this current stadium. Now it could host Aussie rules and cricket for probably another. Fifteen well, to twenty years without major. Issues. Maybe. maybe.
1: I do think maybe in that instance. We talk about cricket, okay. It's already you you've said it in mm. your synopsis, your brilliant synopsis there, by the way. Like you just it's the worst big stadium in the country.
0: Yes. It's Compton.
1: behind yeah. Perth, it's behind Melbourne, Adelaide, Sydney.
0: Soon to be behind Hobart.
1: Soon to be behind Hobart. Yeah. Like this this is not keeping Brisbane supposedly a modern city. Yes. People will be listening to this saying, well, we don't need the Olympics. Yep. But you know what? We probably, we still need a new Gabba. We're a burgeoning population. We've got this great venue. I went to a Brisbane Heat match there. I don't want to be going to, like Brisbane Heat was just about selling matches out. We know that the Lions are selling matches out. Mm. Brisbane needs a new stadium. It will be so well connected to the city. It's so, it's in a city. It's a great venue. Uh, It's a great location, Sorry. One way or another, I think that venue needs to be redone. Yep. Now I'm not here to debate 2.7, Like That seems exorbitant to me as a taxpayer right. like you and right. everyone else. So, Well, it either needs to
0: be redone or a new round stadium needs to be built. Like, I, I, And this is what I floated last year, the Victoria Park solution, yep. build a, a new stadium out there because you don't have to do the expensive knockdown. And, and the Gabber is a tight site. It's really hard to work with. It is. Yep. So if you instead put it somewhere else, initially Albion was floated. Um, if you, maybe you do it at the RNA, I don't know, but, but other sites for a new 50 plus thousand seat stadium would be, I believe, significantly cheaper than the Gabba. You could then knock the Gabba down. You could build a new school there, extend the current school, build a parkland, build a business precinct, whatever you want to do. But Brisbane is going to, all the reports, independent reports say Brisbane is going to need a new stadium, especially if we're going to host the Olympics. So I'm intrigued. And and,
1: and I still just think even... (laughs) <laughs> we are hosting the Olympics. Yeah. Even if we don't, I still think, you know, the Gabba was, what, rebuilt in the mid-90s? Yeah. 95, that's 30 years ago. Yes. I'm not saying, you know, we need something new every But X in a decade, that'll be 40. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We're thinking about 10 years time and the population's going to continue to grow and more mm. people are going to c- want to come and watch sport. And, and how, I can't justify like loads of people listening to this. I can't justify that amount of money on something. It's hard to justify that. But sport is so galvanizing. We're talking earlier in the episode about communities and what it does for us uh, uh, on issues much more important than, you know, watching a simple game of sport for a couple of hours. But just what it does for a city Mm. and uh, we're talking about the Brisbane Heat winning and how exciting it was and what the Lions, that grand final run did, prelim final week and what it does for the city. Yeah. Yeah. And we need a stadium that's you know that's that can host those sort of that that can host that.
0: So here's the worst case scenario I think, Mike. The worst case scenario is everyone gets a bit scared, they spend 500 million dollars on some half-hearted revamp that really still leaves it as the worst round stadium in the country but with half a million dollars down the drain. Doesn't really solve the Olympic issue. They, we might still lose the Olympics as a result of that. And then suddenly we've lost half a million dollars or $800 million for really nothing. That that's, and there'll be major disruptions like Geelong have seen as they rebuild a the stadium as they go. Major disruptions. Now, in my eyes, you either knock the Gabba down and redo it or you don't touch the Gabba and we don't have the Olympics. But, but a half-hearted job is just going to waste money. My concern is that might be the politically favourable outcome because then Miles, the Premier, can look like he's done something, he's Mm. listened, he's changed his mind. I was thinking about this, though. This is where things get really interesting. The fact he's appointed a Liberal Lord Mayor (laughs) in Graham Quirk. Now, Graham Quirk is going to have no interest in helping the state Labor Party Mm. save face. That's not what he's there to do. Mm. He he will find the right answer. So this is like, there's no way he's just going to say what they want him to say. He's going to say what's true. Now, this is where it could possibly be political genius by the Labor Party, possibly, and that's rare that that happens in the Western world at the moment, but if the much-beloved former Liberal Lord Mayor comes out and says, the best option is to rebuild the GABA, well, then the state Liberal Party can't attack yep. the state Labor Party yeah. because their, their man, man has said it, <laughs> right? So, this could and, – and a lot of the people criticizing the government, if Graham Quirk says this is the best option, if he does a press conference and says this is the best option – I could imagine the Labor Party going, well, Just I mean, the data's there. Thro-
1: throw their hands up, don't you? Right, right. What could we do? Yes. I guess we're going to have to knock it over and rebuild.
0: <laughs> this, this is where – this is such an interesting – we are at such an interesting juncture in – in because what's going to happen now is going to determine our sport and sport yep. in a sense in Brisbane for the next 50 years, yep. what happens here and now, what legacy is created, what what happens going forward. And I don't have any real read on which way this is going to No, neither go. do I. I, no, I I really not to be morbid, but
1: that's the rest of my life. That's the rest right, of my right, 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 life right. watching sport in Brisbane. Yeah. yeah. Am I walking to the Gabba? Am I going walking from sure. the Gabba to the city or Gabba to South Bank, these beautiful walkways and metros and Cross yeah. River rails and all this great connection? Or are we going to be somewhere else? Are we going to have a half hearted stadium or are we going to have this brand spanker like in ten, mm. eight years, 5 years' time? Like Fascinating.
0: One thing I will say, I think we're out of time for the RNA. I think that's off. Yep. It's late January. We're still two months off an answer or or almost two months off an answer. They'd have to design the RNA. They'd have to get building. It's not going to be ready for the 2026 season. Where does it leave? I, (laughs) if you ask me my gut feel today, I think the most likely outcome is the Gabba is demolished and rebuilt. And I think the lions play at heritage bank. Yep. And I know there'll be listeners right now screaming as they hear me say that. I, I get it. I mean, I've, I understand that pain and it will hit the club hard for a few years it really will
1: go back and listen to our episode with Andrew Wellington to give our own a plug yes like he knows whatever the outcome is yes it's going to hit the club
0: I I just think there's we're now out of time to get another solution up for the 2026
1: season Dom to get the um RNA rebuilt the club was hopeful of having that ticked off in October yes I think to give a two year yep two years and a couple of months runway into tendering things and like there's a whole process before you even get to the build. Yeah. It they were hoping uh, October, November. We're already in January and with no answer for another month or two. So, they're so far behind the eight ball already. Mm. So, I, oh, I've i I've said this word a couple of times where I feel queasy just thinking about that and what it, does, what it means for-
0: It feels like the only realistic- If the lines are out at the end of 2025 now, the only realistic option is there at Heritage Bank. I I can't see another one being ready in time now. I mean, maybe you play at Heritage Bank for six months and the next one's ready to start in mid 2026. That that yeah, that's not impossible, but yep. yeah, maybe uh, that's the, the still go. I still it think It might
1: be like a yeah, the Gold Coast Suns did that exactly when they had the Commonwealth exactly. games in twenty eighteen. They played, I think, first home game was round eleven or something and you figured it out in the first half of the season.
0: Uh, look, I still think the dream scenario, and if anyone knows Graham Quirk, Give him my number or tell him to get in touch with me. I'd love to talk about this, Graham. And he'd go, you have no expertise in this at all. And I go, but I've got passion, Graham. I've got yeah. passion. But my, I still think the best case scenario would be to find a new venue to build a new from scratch stadium. Doesn't have the constraints of the Gabba site. It will be cheaper. I don't know if it will be $100 million cheaper or a $1 billion cheaper, but it will be cheaper. Build a new stadium somewhere else, major advantage there, is that you, you save money and you don't have to pay any money for a replacement venue? The Lions in cricket can play at the current Gabba all the way up until after the Olympics is done, then knock that Gabba down, use that space as something else, move everyone over is to the Is all new stadium. this
1: money on Cross River Rail then somewhat, you know? Right. Uh, well, not wa- it's not wasted, obviously, but is it a little less?
0: I understand what you mean. And that's, I think, part of the fear. But yeah. the Woolen Gabba precinct is bursting up anyway. That's that's an important place to it be. Is. Now, what's the other end? You know the other end of Cross River Rail where it terminates at the other end? Bowen Hills. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, what's at Bowen Hills? The R and A. RNA. RNA. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is why I, I almost think and I know this would be a nightmare in that site for, for a whole bunch of other reasons. Build a 50 million seat, a 50 sorry, a fifty 000 thousand seat, seat stadium there for whatever that's going to cost. Because that's well connected to food and drink. That's yep. well connected to public transport. There'll be issues with the ECCA you're going to have to work around that. I don't know what those are. But build it there, or as I've said, build it at Victoria Park. That's just up the road Mm -hmm. anyway. You can catch the bus or the train there, cross River Rail there. I I just think that could save all up when you're not paying for a replacement venue, when you're not having to worry about dislocating anyone, and when you're not having to deal with that complex GABA deconstruction and reconstruction site. I think that option could save up to a billion dollars. Again, on absolutely no data. (laughs) (laughs) What you just heard is the gut feel metric, Yep. but that's the gut feel on this. So anyway, that to me, that's the best case outcome. Now the best case outcome is they choose to build a big oval stadium somewhere else. We stay at the Gabba for another decade until then. And then we jump over
1: cricket and footy stays at the Gabba in the meantime. Yep. And and waltz into a new stadium elsewhere in 2030 or whenever it's done.
0: Right, Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Absolute worst case scenario is a $800 million half-hearted revamp at the Gabba that solves none of the problems, wastes a lot of money, Mm. and then we're sitting here in a decade going, we still need a new round stadium. Yep, because the
1: current one's the sixth best in the country and we're getting no sport here. And yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be
0: it's gonna be it's, interesting, it is, Mike. It is. It's gonna be such an interest. I'd love to talk to Jake Anson candidly right now. Yeah, <laughs> he stopped responding to my text. <laughs> no, that's not true. Jake did say though. It's it's there's just a lot going on, and I think that man's dealing with. A lot. I think everyone involved in this right now is going. Where's this gonna fall? Oh, yeah. Where's this gonna fall? So. Look, that's where we're at at the moment. Maybe we start a petition, build a stadium at RNA, build a stadium at Victoria Park, build a stadium anywhere you want. Just leave the Gabba for now and, yep. and go from there. Um, and that, Mike, brings us in almost at an hour 35, Whew. episode one. I mean, they say players often say after the first game back for the year they're a bit sore, they yeah. forgot how fast the game was. How are you feeling first show back?
1: No, pretty good, actually. The time's yeah. flown. Game's, has, gone, game's gone so fast. It's a bit of a blur. <laughs> can't remember much about the opening and are
0: we happy with how we've started is it have we started like brisbane 2019 with the strong win over west coast or like brisbane 2023 with a 60-point thrashing to Port away. Where do you reckon we've started no, on that spectrum? I,
1: I thought we were closer to 2019. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we are rolling.
0: Interesting. I reckon I might give us maybe a little bit – I'm not sure we're quite 2019 areas. We're not, not 2023. We're not 2023, no. Nah. And I'm now struggling to remember other first-rounders. So <laughs> maybe we are having a shocker. We've lost yeah, it in the last I minute. <laughs> what have I
1: done? And we, we're not 2020 losing to Hawthorne in front of no fans. Or so Sydney, Sydney that 2021.
0: Not that. Nah. It's been better than that, nah. I hope. Well, welcome back anyway. At any rate. We're here, we're off and we're running and we can't wait for all that lies ahead. We'll see you next week on The Raw Deal as we get closer and closer to round one and have a bit more exciting info to share about some of these events. Catch you then.